You're listening to the Native Plants Healthy Planet Podcast, presented by Pinelands Nursery. Here are your hosts, Fran Chismar and Tom Knezic. So proud of this podcast. Welcome back to the Native Plants Healthy Planet podcast presented by Pinelands Nursery. I am Fran Chismar. And I'm Tom Knezic. And Fran, I'm I'm really proud of this podcast, too. We've talked about that a, a ton on old podcasts <laughs> as well, how proud we are. But I want to know, what are you referencing this time? It, you know, it's a lot of reasons. There's there's actually a lot of reasons I'm very proud of this. But We only uh, have time for one. All right. So well, I'll get... <laughs> give me, give me the wow, one. already keeping yeah. me, like, like on target. Um you know, I, I will go back through and listen to old podcasts, but just for production value to see if there's anything we can do better. Um, and in listening through the last couple episodes of the podcast, you know, lately, I'm really proud of the diversity that we've embraced. And we and that was a goal from the beginning, but I feel that we've even gotten more diverse as it's gone on. We've we've spread that circle larger and larger. And, you know, we are making an argument for native plants. And I really feel if you want your argument to be credible, you kind of have to be objective to all sides of the story. And I, mm-hmm. I feel that that I feel really strongly, actually, that we've done that because um, there's so many different angles at play and we, we're willing to shed light to all those angles. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. And we've mentioned it a bunch of times before, our main goal when we started this was to, to really show or showcase the, uh, the nonprofit organizations we got to work with because they were doing... Um, they had such varied goals. They like the, oh, yeah. the diversity of goals, and then but they're doing the same things to reach those goals. And uh, and really, we want to showcase. Well, these are organizations that you can go and join, or volunteer with, or donate money to. And um, then, as we've done this, we've seen. Oh, hey, man, we should have talked about this person. Or we're getting suggestions. Oh, we need to talk to this person. And we got a re- lot of requests to to showcase some authors, so we brought them on. Yeah. And um, and it, people might assume that most of the work we're doing is actually with these nonprofits, and that's we do plenty of work with a lot of these nonprofits, but that's not always the case. Most of the businesses we work with are actually for-profit companies. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and a lot of times they'll even partner with these nonprofits, and um, and even then there's some instances where we're working with uh, large corporations, companies that people at home would recognize the names of, and. Um, and the organization we have on today actually brings it full circle because oh. they're kind of combining those large corporations with some of these nonprofits, with companies like ourselves that are that specialize in restoration type stuff. So, and and they're not even necessarily doing it for the recognition, you know. And it's, you know, a lot of these former guests that we've had on work with this organization, and and they they do work together. So one thing that. As Tom said, we we always preach on the podcast is imagine how much more work could be accomplished if these organizations could just work more closely together um, towards a common goal, even though their objectives may differ. And that's exactly what this organization has done. Yeah, yeah. Good cor- or good work is being done by corporations that have banded together for the environment, and that really leads us into today's guest, who works for one of these large larger. Uh, I don't know if it's technically a corporation, but in our area, it's one of the 
businesses that you know of. You yes. see commercials, you hear about it on the radio. Every time the power goes out, you're calling them on the phone <laughs> trying to figure out when it's going to get turned back on. <laughs> but, but I don't want to give our guest today too much of an intro because I know he can give a better intro than I can. So, Russ, why don't you tell us first where you, you work and then uh, the organization you're representing today, CWRP, uh, Corporate, Corporate Wetlands Restoration Partnership. Um, tell us a little bit about that as well. Okay, thanks, Tom and Fran, uh, for the for the buildup. Um, I'm Russ Fernari. I'm the manager of environmental policy for PSEG, and uh, and I'm the chair of this organization that we're focused on, which is the New Jersey Corporate Wetlands Restoration Partnership. Um, so, you know, public service, I get involved with a lot of different environmental uh, issues and 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 work across a lot of. Uh, with a lot of organizations. Um, so, you know, that's partly what led into uh, us being involved with uh, with this group, you know, and, and chairing it for the, the last uh, 15 or so years. Um, so, but, uh, you know, and, and you know, I, we've done a lot of work uh, and interacted with, with Pinelands Nursery. Um, <clears throat> actually, maybe, you know, in more ways than some people might think, because you know, because of some of the properties that we've had, um, you know, you've actually used some of the areas that we have to collect seeds to grow spartina for yeah. other projects. Yeah, and as well as then giving it back to us to use mm -hmm. on on uh, on projects that we do, whether they're you know mitigation projects or or some of the you know, projects that, you know, partners are doing uh, along the Delaware Bayshore where they're then replanting um, Spartina grass in, in those, in those marshes. So, you know, it, there's a lot of interaction um, between, as you said, between organizations, which, um, and, you know, go ahead, Fran. No, I was just going to say, which is what we want. That's, mm -hmm. I think that's what yeah. we all want. And I think this is a prime example of that. Oh, and and you know, it always, I think it always existed to to a level. A lot of it was done um, in in the early years that I was involved. You know, there were efforts to do um, statewide fundraising and and um, and programs to do to to get bond axed in to to protect open space and to buy open space as part of the you know, it was the feeder into the Green Acres program. And so a lot of these groups started working together on things like that, you know, and, and to, you know, to help get the the legislation passed or the, the bond acts approved in, in the November elections. And so, you know, there there was a lot of interaction and partnership. Um, the, the corporate wetlands program, you know, sort of takes it to the next level. Um, it came out of a. Um, a national program that was formed back in like 1990, actually under the the Bush administration. Um, it, you know, the, the original focus of it was to bring all the federal agencies together and use their different authorities um, that they have under under their creation. You know, uh, each each federal agency might have a different type of ability to do something so like the army corps of engineers can do rivers and harbors projects and you know and, and actually do you know 
protection projects that are part of the coast for the coastal areas, but they can't buy land. But, you know, NRCS can do things with land under certain ag programs. So the idea was to sort of meld that together and be able to protect coastal wetlands and marsh areas um, on a national level at a time when they were really starting to see some issues with the loss of coastal marsh. And then, you know, out of that, you know, a couple of corporations, national corporations that were not in New Jersey, you know, were really ones that, that sort of said, hey, is there a role for us? And so, you know, at, that led to the creation of what was what's called the Coastal America Foundation, which is really the nonprofit that we work under. Okay. And it's evolved over time, you know, there there are a lot less chapters across the country and really we're the large the only one that's really active as a chapter. Others kind of come in and in and out a little bit. Well that's actually once in a while. That's actually one of the questions I was going to ask you. I, I think the the chapter that, that we're a part of, is that just strictly New Jersey or is it New Jersey, New York? It's actually strictly New Jersey. New Jersey. So at, at, so at one time we did have a chapter that was in New York, um, and it, it worked well for a few years, and then there were some changes in the corporations that were leading it, and unfortunately um, they weren't able to keep it going. So even though out of this national program, what I'm proud of, we have the New Jersey chapter, It's it's is it really even still a nas- – like even though technically it's a national program, there's not – there's a lot of other chapters that fell fell the way that the New York chapter did. Like New Jersey is the like the prime like if you wanted a pilot program to to say or an example like this is how it should run, it would be the New Jersey chapter. Yes. Okay. And you know and and you know we think that part of that is to the you know it really really falls back on the fact that the companies that are here um, are oftentimes, you know, the, they're large corporations. They're part of national organizations. They have headquarters in New Jersey. So it makes it a little easier to maybe to do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, gotcha. New Jersey's just about the right size where we can say that we actually cover and work across the entire state. I mean, that was one of the goals we set for ourselves right at the beginning was that we were going to make sure that we did projects across the state so that a company you know that's that's maybe more south jersey centric still sees the value of being in because there's a project that's mm-hmm. in their geographic area and, you know or you know we have a we have a, a facility that's in you know uh, along the arthur kill or somewhere or you know those areas we want to make sure that we look at all those areas we also wanted to make sure that we got <clears throat> different types of projects so that there's some in urban areas, some in rural areas, some of the, you know, in, in, in protected lands, but we wanted to make sure that we did different things and also maybe sometimes focus on being the demonstration project for okay. a particular type of thing. Um, you know, one that I could point to that, that I know, you know, Pinelands was very, much a part of was, you know, quite a number of years ago now when I look back at it, we did a series of rain gardens mm-hmm. as pilot projects to show people in different areas of the state how 
a rain garden is constructed and to use as a model so that when someone else wanted to do one or a landscaper wanted to promote using, you know, putting in a rain garden, they could go to one that was already built, bring people there and say, look, this is what it looks like. It it, doesn't have this problem or that problem. It looks really nice. And it it really wasn't that long ago. You know, it's funny to think about it now because rain garden is such a common uh, thing these days that 10 years ago, no one in New Jersey really knew (laughs) that much about rain gardens. It was they knew they knew the, the term. It was like a buzz term, but they didn't know. They're like, oh, tell me more about it. <laughs> you know, it was, you know, now it's it's commonplace. But ten years, it's it's funny how things change in just ten years. Ten mm-hmm. years ago, you're putting in pilot pilot rain gardens to to educate people what they are. So it's nice to know, like, at least we've come that far that that people understand what they they're more commonplace. We see them being installed all the time instead of being asked what they right. are. Yep. You know, they're going no, I- in. Yeah, but, no, and you know, and I think you know, I think back and I laughed sometimes because you know the one of the earliest things we did with that was we ran a workshop. I think it was at the ag center down in Monmouth County. With Monmouth County, um, we did it in partnership, I believe, with if I remember right, with Rutgers, with you know, with their watershed folks, and um, you know. Don, Don came down with a bunch of uh, blue flag irises in little plastic, you know, in, in cups mm-hmm. to give away to people. And uh, I'm proud to say that I still have mine spreading all over awesome. my property. Awesome. I know. I, I, <laughs> I know that I spoke. That at, one little. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I know that I spoke at a few of those uh, Rutgers oriented uh, ring garden certification programs. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was nice to say, and it, there were great turnouts for that. Uh, it was wonderful. So I'm, I'm, I'm also glad to hear that 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 iris is still surviving yeah. for you. So, That's <laughs> Russ, Russ. I want to take a quick step back. Okay. Because um, you're so your position uh, for those of you not in the the New Jersey New York area, um, PSENG stands for Public Service Election Gas. It's basically a local utility company. Um, I would think when most people think of their local utility company, wherever they are in the, the country, they aren't thinking about the environment. They aren't assim- or, or putting those two parts together, saying, oh, this utility company or this corporation, because it's C- or CWRP is more than just utility companies, it's corporations. They aren't thinking, well, what do they have to do with the environment? They're thinking, oh, they're working on telephone poles. They have the power plants they are doing. Uh, they're thinking electric lines. What what is so important? Um, let me rephrase that. Where uh, why does corporations like uh, PSENG or some of the other corporations, CWRP, see so much importance in the environment and taking care of uh, of the areas that they're doing business in? Uh, you know, part of it is you know those corporations and the people that work there are you, you normally live live in the area and the state where they work and so you know it's that those areas are important to them to their employees you know they're important to you know the to to the the health and the quality of life that people come to expect so that's one tie one tie is that fact that you know we're part of the community and we see that as an important piece the other is is that you know you're you're in the community doing things and you know you hear feedback 
from your customers, from the, the community around you. And they look for you to be, um, you know, a, a leader and, a, and, a, and, you know, um, be involved in things that are important to them. Now, from our perspective as a company, you know, the, some of the other links are that, you know, we, we have a lot of, you know, exposure in, 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 in land. You know, we, we have right-of-ways, we have other things that we, we manage. And, you know, we've come to look at those things as a, as a resource to use, you know, to promote um, some of the environmental benefits. You know, uh, now because of climate change and other things, it's even becoming more of an of a focus of companies who are you know are are being looked at to be leaders to take the right actions and you know in, engage on you know issues that you know are important to uh, their investors to their communities and so that's why you know uh, people get engaged. It's important to them to be part of the communities they 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 operate in and they serve. So, you know, that's, I think that's a big part of it. And, you know, we've been involved with a lot, like I said, with a lot of other things over the years, working with the conservation groups on open space issues. And this is sort of a, of a continuation for us of those types of things. You know, we, we, um, we, we, we worked with um, a number of these organizations to do projects, um, but, CWRP is, is you know, it, the special thing about it is that it's really there to, to sort of be the, the, a, a network and also to be able to um, help maximize the value that we get out of federal investment in environmental projects. Mm-hmm. And so that's and that's where the corporations kind of help fill avoid by being by contributing they're helping to find that match that a federal program might require you know, okay. most almost all of them do yeah we you know when you go to a cwrp meeting it's very well represent represented big oils there there's energy companies there's uh non-profits there uh, there's small companies mm-hmm. like like us so it's 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 very diverse as far as who's a member and who's a part of it what does an organization have to do to become a member of the seat what are what are your um uh, not requirements but what what are you what's expected (laughs) of you when when you become a member of the cwrp well i mean part of it is is a is a cash contribution or in-kind services so that's a big that's a big piece of it you know and, and depending upon the size of the corporation you know larger corporations we have you know we have a you know, we have a, an amount that we use for larger corporations, smaller corporations, and they can mix it. You know, somebody, you know, we, we have some of the consulting firms that work with us. And sometimes part of what, they, you know, what they're contributing is they're, they're participating, someone from their organization participating as part of the project review uh, committee mm-hmm. that evaluates the project. So they're giving in-kind service in their time to evaluate the projects. Sometimes they actually get involved with a particular project and an organization to help design the project. Hmm. And so okay. they work from, from that side. Or they contribute, you know, their work on, you know, implementing a project as part of 
so that you know their their contribution but we try to keep it and even the nonprofits that are part of it have a piece of that it's a much smaller piece but they do the same thing they either give some level of in-kind service or a cash contribution to the whole and so you know that's the only groups that really don't contribute cash in any way you know are really the agencies themselves okay gotcha but some of them actually do quite a bit of in kind mm-hmm. whether it's you know you know, participating in evaluating projects um you know or contributing their their organization you know their their uh, agency to a particular project, you know, sometimes, you know, like U.S. Fish and Wildlife might have um, plants or seed that they contribute to a project. They might do some evaluation on um, on a particular project. Say we're, we're trying to, re, you know, restore fish passage. They might do the evaluation okay. of the stream to say, oh, wait, there, there are, you know, fish here that you know there's shad that the base of this dam if we remove the dam it's a pretty good chance the shad are going to go back upstream which we've mm-hmm. seen in a couple of cases you know we we yeah. now have two tributaries on the delaware that have migratory fish going back up their streams because the dams have been removed and i'll i'll point out for our listeners you actually heard a little bit about this in uh, was it the nature conservancy yeah episode. michelle de blasio um and russ you actually sent us a, a map of a lot of the projects that cwrp had been work or was either had completed or was working on or had proposals in the works on and like you said earlier you wanted a lot of coverage for the entire state there's dots all over yeah. <laughs> all over the entire state i was really impressed and I was even more impressed because it was projects that we've talked about on our podcast, projects that I knew about through work, but I didn't realize that they traced back to CWRP. What are some of like the big accomplishments? Well, I guess they're all big accomplishments. What are some of your favorite projects that CWRP has been a part of yeah, in the state? Are there any that you're like really proud of? Like, like yeah, we were we facilitated that or a part of that? You know, it, it's it's uh, it's hard to pin one down. You know, it's, it, there's there's been a wide range of things. You know, I, I mean, I would look at something like the Columbia Dam, where that the Nature Conservancy removed uh, on the Pollen scale, and and say, you know, hey, that's that's a that's a major accomplishment because it was a big dam. It was mm-hmm. the yeah. biggest dam in New Jersey, if I remember right. And so, you know, that's a that's a major accomplishment. But from a from a financial perspective, you know, that was a multi-million dollar project and we were a relatively small piece of it. What Barbara likes to say, you know, about it is that, you know, we were in first, <laughs> we, we got them going and she, you know, we, because of that commitment, you know, it helped her get other things. Now you're, you're, but I think, you're referring to Barbara Brummer. Barbara Brummer, uh, who's right. the executive director of the New Jersey uh, Nature Conservancy, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. Right. Okay. Yes. And so you know, but there, but we've worked with things across the state. We've we've had projects happen that started out in discussion as CWRP potential projects, mm-hmm. um, where folks were doing the on the ground work because we had an interest in participating 
And sometimes there were delays. And then something else came along and fully funded those projects. So we never had to put any money in at all. But, you know, got feedback from the federal agency involved. And this, you know, in one case, it was U.S. Fish and Wildlife in the, you know, the New Jersey office that's led by Eric Trading, where, you know, other funds came about and the state of New Jersey was able to take those funds and contribute them to doing three dam removals on the Raritan River, say, you know, that, but we were, you know, the, the, the thought of doing those projects came about because we were looking at projects where we might be able to remove a dam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, we, we talked about it with, with the EP and U.S. Fish and Wildlife, and then for, for a variety of reasons, the, the folks that had the ownership of the dams, well, they weren't ready yet. And then when they were, there was money available that didn't require us to do anything. Okay. That's great. We, I think I take as much pride in those projects as I do in the ones we actually funded. And, and I love the fact that a lot of these projects, like Tom said, are projects that we've talked about with nonprofits mm-hmm. on this podcast. And, and, and the, the listener gets to kind of hear behind the scenes like just how these products – you know, we, we don't often go into you know, the story yeah, of how these projects come about. Um, or what their story is and how it, it came to fruition. So it's kind of mm-hmm. nice to hear that sometimes this is just some of the, you know, when you go to a CWRP meeting, it's not just what's impressive about which companies are there. It's it's really a who's who of the top conservationists in, mm-hmm. in New Jersey. It's, it's an impressive group of people all sitting around a table. Um, and for us as Pinelands Nursery, we're one of the as a company, we're one of the the runs of the litter. We're 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 relatively small compared to some of these bigger corporations, but we kind of get to sit at the table with with these powerhouses and still have pretty much like the same vote, which is which is really satisfying mm-hmm. uh, to be a part of what's going on. Well, it, you, I think you sort of you're, you're sort of downplaying yourselves a little bit because <laughs> there have been very many projects. <laughs> that have gone on, that are on that map, that have a Pinelands nursery linked to them, whether it's, you know, plants or seed or variety of things that you've contributed over the years. Um, you know, uh, there's, there's, there's plenty of links to it. And, you know, I, I think that's a, and that's an important piece because some of the times, some of the demonstration things, you know, the, the the one that comes to mind, you know, that I know you guys have contributed to more than once, is is the maritime forest in in Bradley, oh, in Bradley Beach. Bradley Beach, yeah. It's a it's not a big forest, but it's but it's in the right place. It's an important in many forest ways. for migration. I mean, that's an oh, extremely important right. forest, and it's important because it gets a lot of views from people who are now learning what a maritime forest is because they you know go to the beach and they stop by the spot and they read the the board that's up the education board that describes hey this is what a maritime forest does and these are the types of birds you'll see here here's the types of plants that are here you know and and what it means and you know it's a representation of you know to some degree what used to be much more widespread along the Jersey coast, 
and to some degree what we what we also want to see in the future we want to see more of that restored or created or protected um and i think it, it this is an example of how it can be done and it can be done in an area that gets a lot of traffic gets a lot of you know of uh visits over the year um there's a you know an awful lot of people that go to go to the jersey shore and that's a you know bradley beach is one of the one of those popular spots so yeah i think i think it shows that that you can do things and have people interact with it and have it survive and be successful i I think it's funny that you actually bring that that project up First of all, before I get off topic, I just want to say for what you just said, thank you. And also that says a lot about Don Knezic and yep. his vision when he did this. I, I don't I don't know Don to have ever said no yeah. <laughs> when when asked to contribute <laughs> or be a part of that. I, I don't even know if that word is in his vocabulary. So, you know, he, he did it truly for the sake of of wanting those things to happen and get done uh, without – you know, without what it meant to us, just he felt that those things needed to happen. So that speaks volumes about the foundation that this nursery was built on. I can honestly add to that, Fran, and say that the only time I've heard the word no out of Don is when he said, no problem. (laughs) (laughs) But the, the Bradley beach actually in our native plants, healthy planet Facebook group, one of our listeners posted uh, photos of a beach in I don't know if it was oh, Caribbean or yeah. South America mm-hmm. just saying look at the habitat the trees and everything like that it's why isn't that something we see here locally like mm-hmm. and and we said you know a lot of people I think Tom actually responded discredit yeah, you know well, they, they don't want their million all, dollar uh, views blocked it all started because uh, my wife and I took a trip to Ocean Grove or we were actually in Asbury Park walked down the boardwalk to Ocean Grove and Asbury Park is very developed on the beachfront. Ocean Grove is not nearly as developed. And actually, they had full dunes that were planted. Well, I took the pictures because the seaside goldenrod was blooming right yeah. then. It looked really, really beautiful. The ocean in the background, you see the dune. Um, and then he said, oh, why don't we do more of this? Because he, I guess he was on vacation. I forget yeah. who it was. It was but Patrick, was, Patrick Gilliam. Yeah, Gilliam. and so he was on vacation and saying, hey, this is from where I was on vacation, and there's all kinds of plants and trees right on the beach. And uh, the one, the place that popped to my mind was Long uh, Island. Uh, well, you have Island uh, Beach, Island State, beach Park, State Park. Sorry, yeah. And then um, Long Beach Island has Barnegat Light State yeah. Park. And, uh, and that's how it probably, the whole island used to look like that at one point, probably even bigger and more and bushier. Yeah. Um, but Bradley uh, yeah. Beach is a great example uh, too, yeah. and and oh, yeah. and the 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 efforts of Captain Al and the American Literal Society mm. has been wonderful, trying to uh, keep that keep that going and keep that safe and restored. And you know, it, the other part of it is it is it, it's them and the municipal folks in Bradley Beach, the you know the DPW staff, um, the elected officials who are engaged and participating. You know, it's it it brings everybody together, and a lot of these projects do. You know, you have you know the, the the stream restoration work that's being done up in Sussex County with the Walk Hill, involving you know school boards and and schools and students going out and and working with them to plant the trees, some of which they got. 
from the Roots to Rivers program with Michelle, yeah. Um, yeah. which probably came from Pylon's Nursery. They may have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but it but it's it involves it's the projects themselves also have a whole network of people that you know, are part of them, and that's part of what we look at. You know, when we when we're looking at a project, it's. You know, we want to, we're going to fund the piece of this. We want to make sure we're supporting it, but it needs to have other roles, you know, other people being participants, whether it's the local government, the county government, uh, you know, uh, a, a nonprofit organization in a community or you know, a friends group um, or, or, you know, different things like that, you know, and there've been some of these projects you know, that have been done or being done now that were, that were, you know, folks were working on them and planning them and trying to get something done about them for 10, 15 years, yeah. you know, and, and, and they keep it alive and they keep doing something. And then, you know, there's a, there's a, there's an opportunity because, you know, maybe, you know, as, as we had after Sandy, we had, you know, the National Fish and Wildlife um, uh, Foundation put, you know, was was given money to, to put out to do restoration projects, to do resilience projects. So then they they provided funding that had to be matched. But people that had projects that were ready to go, that's what they that's what they were looking for. They were looking for projects where you know, hey, all the designs been done, and we're going to give you money. We want you to construct this in two years. Oh, yeah, and, we we saw that, yeah, heavily after Hurricane Sandy. It's like, what projects are shovel ready? Let's let's go, and that's right. that's that's wonderful. You know, I I want to touch on one thing that you said, and this will be a perfect opportunity for Tom to give an update. You mentioned the people working together and elected officials, and you know it does take a team, and those elected officials need to understand the value of their natural resources to get some of these things done because not every not every elected official understands the environmental impacts or, or has the same concerns you know we mm -hmm. see it whenever there's a shift in government what money is is allocated or available or not so as a past guest we had millstone cove watershed uh i keep doing it but crass <laughs> creek springbrook yeah, watershed uh, Crass Creek's Spring Hill Brook, and during that episode, we we're actually talking about some of the the local politics that were going on okay. at the time. How our town had gotten rid of its environmental commissioner. I think at that point it was trying to. I don't know if it was successful yet. Um, well, kind of right around when we aired that episode, uh, they a writing campaign started with some folks that were on that uh, environmental commission and part of that Crass Creek Spring Hill Brook yeah. watershed. And uh, which I think everyone can kind of expect writing campaigns are really, really hard, even at yes. the local level to garner thousands of votes, especially in the year of a presidential election where you need lots and lots of votes. Yeah. Well, this writing campaign actually won, um, which was two, by seat, two seats, two, two seats on our local township committee. And they're they basically ran on the platform of we need an environmental commission. We need to have oversight if we're going to develop um not just general oversight, but specifically for the environment. And that was their main purpose. And they won that a, was their a platform. Yeah. yeah. So, and that was thousands, thousands. Oh of yeah. Votes. Yeah. I think it was like 2,500 for them. And then 
two thousand for the opposition. So it's still fairly divided. Yeah. But, uh, to not have been on the ballot, it was it was interesting to see how many votes they actually got. So, <laughs> so if yeah. you are passionate about it, it yeah. it works. Yep. It, it does work. So well, you, you know, it, it, the interesting thing that brings to mind is you wonder if the fact that there were so many, it was it was really a mail in or or a physical ballot that people had to deal with that that really supported that kind of write in thing because people mm-hmm. had it in front of them instead of being in a machine where it would have been tough to write a name in yep. or whatever, you would have been different. You, you, you just wonder that, that maybe that the fact that someone had a piece of paper mm-hmm. made it easier for them to write it in. Yeah, they, and they, they were, actually uh, facilitated it. It was that having that piece of paper in front of it, I think it was like a week or right around when they first started sending ballots out, their campaign sent out a, a mailer that said, this is how you write it on the ballot. <laughs> so it really gave people... I think there was only a handful of misspellings. It, people got it right, and it was because they had the time to yeah. handwrite it on the ballot how they saw that it was supposed to be written. So I agree. Um, Russ, is there just to to I guess get back on topic a little bit? Is there like an acreage amount that you can say that CWRP is attributed to restoration or or mitigation? Like a like I know you have spots all over the that the state is there a like a land value as far as how much how much impact the cwrp has had over over you know 25 30 point, years I, I don't know that i have an updated an updated number we do look at um stream miles okay and at one point we had a uh we had a matrix but I just was just looking at stuff on the website and realized that's one of the things we need to update. We've updated the number of projects. So we are looking at the number. We're, we're right around 50, 51 projects between those that have been completed and those that are currently in process or, or you know, starting up. Wow. Um, the um, But the acreage, you know, and sometimes the acreage is really small. Um you know, we, 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 you know, but we, we do, we do look at it. Um, and, and I'm, that's, I, I'm taking that as an action that we got to look back and go back and tally that up, uh, as well as the stream miles restored and whatever, you know, and, and those pieces, um, because that's, a, you know, one of the things we sort of look at as a measure, but, um, you know, more, I think more importantly for us is also the number of organizations that, you know, between the members and also the, the folks that are working on projects that are really part of this. I think, you know, going back to what you said earlier, though, the range of companies, I mean, you know, the range is great. We've had some, we, we do have some of the, you know, really large corporations in the state, whether they're pharma companies or, or you know, oil or, or energy um, and we have quite a few of the, um, you know, smaller business companies that really fit into the, you know, the 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 consultants or the you know the the support organizations that yeah. are actually doing projects, yeah, like this, you know, that that partner with us, and you know, the, the NGO members, you know, are are just as important, and that varies. Most are statewide organizations um you know 
and 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 that's part of what we try to we try to have the larger groups you know participate but the the projects have been with with a whole host of much smaller organizations as well that you know um i think you we've had the ability to help get projects implemented um that would not have been done otherwise because they get exposure to the 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 expertise of those consulting organizations or they get an opportunity to pitch something to uh u.s fish and wildlife and then they get someone you know from u.s fish and wildlife that works with them to say oh you know if you did this you know we could really make this you know make this work and now they have you know a partner a federal partner who brings something to the table and you know that helps get other things it helps them maybe get you know funding from a NOAA program that they might not have gotten or they might not have even thought about because they would have never heard of yeah but because they're they're working through this network you know, we share that information. Hey, there's a grant thing out, you know, anybody that's interested or you got a project that fits into, you know, this category, hey, go, go, go for it. And you the, know, apply, uh, apply to region two EPA to get such and such. Yeah, you the, know, and, the, the brain trust of that group is phenomenal. It, mm-hmm. it, it really is. I, I have a question for you. That's a little bit of a loaded, loaded gun. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you know, New Jersey, you know, and, and we can only really speak for New Jersey. You know, it's as you mentioned, you try to to really cover all areas. And even though New Jersey is an extremely populated state, it's not a huge state. You can get from north to south in what is it? Three less, less than four. Yeah. Three and sure. a half hours. And you can get from east to west, it, depending on where you're at. It, yeah. it could be a little, little over an hour. An hour. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's not huge but it's it's populated and but it's really diverse as well i mean you have a little bit of everything from coastal plain to piedmont to pine barrens to to mm-hmm. you know to rocky to flat to farmland it's 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 diverse and, and the beaches um how do you feel you know and i'm sure the you know it's a lot different for new jersey as it would be as a state that's as large as say texas or california um but how do you feel like all the organizations work together as far as state agency? You, you have, like you said, U.S. Fish and Wildlife. You have so many different agencies at play. How do you think the communication overall is for the state uh, with between all these agencies? My experience has been great. I mean, you know, we, we, we generally, uh, at least from, from you know, the things that we're doing with CWRP and, and, and related Type things you know, people engage quickly. I mean, you know, I mean, with 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 COVID, you know, and in, in, in dealing with this pandemic, you know, we've, we've been operating virtually for for meetings, um, and we've had you know as many or more people participating. Wow. I think in some some cases, it's actually been easier because people didn't have to drive from from. You know, if we did something in the northern part of the state from the south to come up to the meeting, um, so you know everybody is is engaging and participating. But we've also done things where, you know, 
um, because we only, we try not to meet and, and, and use up people's time a lot. We meet three times a year. In between, if a project comes up and I send out, you know, I'll send out an email and say, hey, we have this project. The project review committee reviewed it on such and such a day. They recommend that we fund it, you know, please respond and vote and let me know and what you think, you know, and, 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 you know, within, you know, hours, I've gotten responses back from a good majority of the membership, Wow, you know, and not just, you know, yes or no. And, and almost ne we rarely get a no because, you know, it's, it's most people, if anything, people ask a question rather than say no. Gotcha. Um, but they'll also say, Hey, I, I, this sounds like a really great project. Uh, who's the, you know, the lead person should I reach out to? Because I got an idea that might help them do such and such, or I might be able to, to, you know, help, you know, bring a bunch of volunteers out or something, you know, and, and so usually, you know, there's that support network. People jump in. What's what's, you know, what's impressive about that? Really, it you know, it's because there's so many different. I don't want to say agendas. So many different um, reasons, uh, you know, that that companies want to be involved and so forth. Yeah. You know, there there there's so many different goals. Um, and I can say what's impressive for me is if you look at. New Jersey has a state association for nurserymen. Uh, it's the NJNLA. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's difficult because South Jersey feels that, you know, it's it's a different scenario as North Jersey. And I'm not saying that that's not true, but there's a disparity between different parts of the state and working together as far as how they're represented and how their needs and goals are represented. Mm -hmm. where, where CWRP is representing so many different interests and so many different organizations that are able to find a common ground and a common goal to work together. That's, I, I think that's unusual. <laughs> I, I, I don't disagree. I think it's unusual. And, it, and part of it goes back to what I said earlier about, we made a, a, a very strong commitment from day one uh, with the, the gentleman who was working for the company who retired uh, quite a number of years ago who led, led this when we first started it and handed it to me, um, John Belletto. Okay. Uh, you know, we, we made a point of really saying, hey, we, we have to make this a statewide thing. We have to look for projects. So when we started, we started asking the DEP, you know, folks at DEP in the natural resources, you know, side of the house. And, you know, the representatives from um, you know, U.S. Fish and Wildlife and, and from the Army Corps of Engineers, you know, there were two people at the beginning who were really, um, one from EPA and one from the Army Corps. You know, Mario Del Vicario was at Region 2 yeah. and he was the head of watersheds and wetlands. And then John, and John Wright, who was the environmental chief for the North Atlantic Division of the Corps of Engineers, they were the federal leads for the you know, for the federal agencies in the region. And, but they were very engaged and they helped go out and identify projects of different parts of the state to start with. And so, you know, that was one of the things, you know, we, we made a conscious effort to do. And it led to, I think, people feeling comfortable that I may not necessarily have an interest in 
that project up in Sussex County, but I'm, I have an interest in the same type of project down here by me in South Jersey. And so, you know, that's a good thing. You know, they, they see it. And then, you know, little by little, the group kind of built itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people sort of, you know, really get engaged. They want to hear about the next project. They, they you know, want to know that things worked. They want to share the information. Oh, if that worked up there, because you think it could work over here, you know, can we do something like that? Or, you know, how do we find out about it? And somebody said, well, Leo, let's talk about it afterwards. And, you know, they get together and, you know, six months later, there's another project that comes across and they say, hey, we got a new project that was, you know, and that's that it's sort of that, you know, dynamic of everybody wanting to really see things happen and be positive about the whole state because they're engaged, you know, in in particular areas around them and what's important to them and to their company or to their organization. Cause you know, and yeah, let's, let's be honest. These, these things aren't easy to get done. Mm-hmm. It's not like you can sit, sit around the table, be in agreement and then just start a project and make it happen. Like there's a lot of working pieces. So I would really love our listeners to take, take that away from this. It's when you, when you go to a, restored site and you're enjoying it think about all the working moving pieces that had to happen to make that project occur it's not always just one organization with a thought it's it's a lot of people and a lot Mm -hmm. a lot of red tape sometimes in order to make some of these things happen so the fact that the amount of projects that you've able to been a part of you know even if it wasn't financially is really significant you know it that's that's the that's the most that's the pleasure i get out of it is seeing this happen you know never having been you know in, in in all the years we've been doing it never having been in a situation where there was really any kind of disagreement you know, um, you know, I, if you've, you, well, and I'm, you know, I'm sure you, you, you were, you were at the meeting. I know at, at least at the one we had on, you know, uh, at the nursery, yeah. um, you know, when we, when we vote, you know, it's, we sort of follow, you know, parliamentary rules very lightly. You know, it's, it's like this, you know, everybody in favor of this, you know, and I don't necessarily count votes. No, but <laughs> it, you can tell. I, I, but there's, there's when I when I say, does anybody have a problem? There's never been a problem. I've had questions. No, you know, and it's. <laughs> I, 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 I think the last meeting I was at was the one at at Port Newark uh, that we were happy to be a part uh, of that restoration. And no, it was at Ferminich. At Ferminich, yeah. And it's, uh, you know, when everyone in favor and moving forward there's there's a lot of yays and a lot of hands up so it's uh it, it it's nice to see everyone working together it really is so i i'm going to change the topic a little bit okay do you have a question before i change I the topic was, i was going to say we just shared um a short video of that Ferminich product yeah. project on our in our facebook group yeah and um going back to what i was saying in the very beginning about some of these corporations that you wouldn't associate with uh, with the environment, e- ecological all. restoration. Well, Ferminich yeah. is a, a is Swiss-based, I think, I, uh, but they're a, uh, a yes. favorings and a, a flavorings, flavorings and, and fragrance, yeah, company. fragrance, yeah. <laughs> and 
they went out of their way and did this big restoration on the the waterfront of the river they're on a, a port newark and, and they 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 went over and above they yeah. weren't required they were you know they, they had trouble doing the right thing you mm. know they 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 were having trouble getting approved for doing what they wanted to do cuz yeah. they they didn't have to restore that to the way that's restored and that's a thing of beauty mm. and the fact that all of their employees planted that yeah uh you know, they had a day off where the employees came out, they planted it, they had a big barbecue, and then they get to enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, and Fran, you helped plant. I did you help plant. plant I, I did help plant. <laughs> he didn't know he was going to plant. I didn't know I was, was. I wasn't dressed to plant, but I did help plant. <laughs> so I could say I was a part of that yeah. planting project too. But you know, that's that's a company that wanted they their ears were open and they wanted to restore that to. To as close to as a working ecosystem mm-hmm. as it was before, the, and it's a company that yeah. really didn't, they didn't have a place to. in doing it and didn't need to do it. They they, do they it. went out of their way to to educate themselves, educate their employees, and then go and do this. And yeah. that's kind of what we've what I've seen with CWRP. Yeah. I, I it's mean, a lot of Blaine Rothhauser at right. GZA uh, and, uh, did did great work there. But not only that, they got their employees involved and made them more environmentally conscious because mm. they enjoy it they know what it was like beforehand they see where it's at now and they appreciate the goldfinches and the the migration and the and the mm. butterflies that they see now that they right. didn't see before and it, it changed perceptions of a whole lot of people oh, and, and you know the, the the interesting thing about that and they're not the only corporation mm-hmm. on the on our membership who have done things on their own properties, which which CWRP does not do. We don't we don't focus on the properties of the members, you know, the members own. The, the properties that we you know, projects we're doing are on mostly public land, you know, and or you know, owned by the the NGOs or whatever. Um, so, but many of the companies, ourselves included, do projects on uh, on our lands, mm-hmm. or you know, and. That's you know we we do stuff with our with our employees we do stuff with with some of the organizations um, you know I've done work you know with on certain things you know with we we've done stuff with with folks like that and so you know there's a it's a mix of things you know a lot of the corporations that are doing it and looking at it understand that you know they might have a, a piece of property. That's a connector, or that uh, you know, that's they, they they have people that learn what the value is of the corporate property, and then you have you know employees that really take an, you know like you know take an interest and want to participate, and they maybe want some place to go for a hike in the middle of the day if they're on a property that has that space, and it, you know rather than walk through. You know, a bunch of mowed grass going through an area with a trail that's uh, you know along a meadow or whatever. They they get to see wildlife, you know, that you wouldn't see on a on a manicured, you know, campus. And so you know that's a it's 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 something it, it improves them and and companies have come around to realize that that's that's you know that's a value. Yeah. Yeah, that totally. they're for you. Know, they're they're to them because, you know, it helps the, you know their employees. They're they're happier mm-hmm. in their work, and so you know it's a it's a positive. I think what's most impressive for me about this whole topic 
is that it's not like this is your full-time job or anyone's full-time job. This is all an organization that people are members of on the side. Like this is above and beyond <laughs> your workday, mm-hmm. uh, which you know not everyone has the time to to invest in that personally. Uh, you know, yes, some of it happens during work hours, things like that. But this is this is a big commitment that people take very seriously and they do it on their own. That, to me, is an impressive thing. No one's being made to be a member of this organization. They choose to be a member and they choose to be active. So that's, and okay. you've, and you've yeah. been, you've been involved how many years? Me? Yes. Uh, I've been, I've been involved at, at, at some level since the beginning. So we started in, in like 2003, 2004. Wow. To, to we got, we first were asked to join, um, um, the national through the national program, um, you know, actually as a result of a project that was being done in Camden to put a fish ladder on the Cooper River okay. that we had helped with as a company, um, and it was it was added that project got a national award, a partnership award, and during that interaction, my then vice president was asked, "Hey, well, you know, how come you're not part of?" this corporate wetlands group and he was like uh, what's that and and the next thing i know you know we were we were involved awesome um and um you know it's uh it 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 started out a little smaller and as we go you know more and more companies you know as they hear about it you know are interested and they join and and you know participate and uh, we and you know it's there's been a few that have you know one reason or another you know they moved out of state or you know they merged with other companies uh, over the years and so you know you lose a partner here uh, you gain a partner there um do you know how many members there are roughly uh i think we're the corporate members were at around 30 ish okay, okay. um and then uh, the ngo members is probably uh, more in the range of 20. okay all right. Awesome. Um, so, and then there's there's some business associations. So there's like five or six of those. Awesome. Um, and then the federal, you know, and then the government agencies. It's more than federal because yeah. it's it's you know, we have we have uh, you know multiple you know uh, the, the regional, state, you know, um, you know, and uh, you know one of the, one of the uh, the newer the newer ones is actually the the, the Navy. Oh, wow. um, in the in the form of um, Earl Naval Weapons Station and and their folks and the projects that they're doing resiliency stuff, and they've become a very uh, a very active uh, partner. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, with us, um, you know, um, we we had we just had at the last meeting a uh, an update presentation on some of the things that they're doing, really focused on investing in, you know protections for their facilities in the state whether it's you know earl or or you know mcguire dicks mm-hmm. lakehurst yeah. or you know others you know uh, you know there's there's a need from a standpoint of you know the changing weather things and all that you know they've they've determined that there's risks and the government is investing in that and there's you know advantages that then you know, using some of that to partner and that's where we're, you know, they're they're getting involved. So it's, uh, you know, it's to 
again, I you know for me it's uh, it's really a pleasure to do and and to be a part of you know um, you know uh, everything every every bit of money that actually comes in goes to projects. That's awesome. Um, there's you know it, it, all the administrative stuff that we do with it. You know the the treasurer for the national organization, the guy who runs the national you know foundation piece. <laughs> that collects all the funds you know he's a he's a retiree he does it as a volunteer um all of our work you know is really done by the members as volunteers wow um so you know um it's uh it's a nice it's nice to look back every year and say oh we did this let me uh, let me ask you this because i i love hearing how passionate you are about this how did what led you to your what on your way to the environmental industry? What kind of what was the path that you took, and like how did you end up doing what you do? Um, you know, it was uh, being willing to listen to somebody offer me an opportunity, um, and not say I can't do that. <laughs> um, really, I mean, I was I was working in a generating station as okay. a maintenance supervisor. Wow! I had a station manager when we were. This was mostly on the compliance side now at the okay. time. Yeah. But you know, things were changing. We were getting more and more regulatory things, and the and the the company chose to you know create positions for environmental specialists to manage those issues. And so, you know, he came to me one day, actually a Friday afternoon, uh, and said, hey, I, I, I got an opportunity for you. I want you to listen to this. I said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I'm listening. You know, he says, uh, we're, we're looking to add a, an environmental compliance person. We, need, we decided we needed a second person uh, to work on things. There's more regulation coming out. This was late 1989. Okay. Um, right after, you know, right around the time of the Exxon Valdez and some other things that went on, you know, on an international level. Gotcha. Um, and so, you know, um, you know, we were, I thought you might be interested in, in, in trying something different. You know, I sort of said, you know, look, I, I don't know much about any of these environmental regulations. Um, you know, it's not my background at all. Um, and he said, look, you know, I understand that, but we really want people that know the facility to be in these positions because we feel that, you know, you can learn the environmental, you know, the regulations that you have to mm -hmm. comply with. Yeah. But we need you to know the people here and the, how the facility works and what our issues are to better manage them. And I said, well, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm willing to do it, you know, but, you know, what, and he said, yeah, when you can go back to school, you can take regular, you know, these regulation classes, you can go get your master's or whatever, and you were going to support that. Wow. And That's I said, commitment. okay, you know, I'm open. Let's try it. I said, the worst that could happen is it doesn't work. <laughs> and, uh, you know, his, his response was, okay, Monday morning when you come in, you're the new environmental guy. Wow, and uh, that was uh, thirty-one years ago. Wow! Uh, so I've now spent the majority of my career in some form of environmental work for the company. You know, I, it was in compliance stuff. I did, um, you know, actual remediation work. You mm -hmm. know, some some of the properties that we had to uh, 
to manage under those programs with DEP. And I've been doing policy work now for just about 20 years. Wow. And and how so, many people are are have environmental focused careers at PSCNG now? Uh, I would say it's probably a little over a hundred. Wow. All told. <laughs> wow. That <laughs> are directly in doing environmental work, compliance work, or supporting the businesses on those issues. That's impressive. That's you know, impressive. Permitting the permitting folks that work on, you know, on the utility projects when we have to build a transmission line or mm -hmm. substations or you know, that's inclusive of all those those different folks. Do you do you um, have do, do you have an environmental hero? An environmental hero? Yeah. Um just See, that's a tough. That's a tough question. I think Fran was hoping he'd say uh, it was we him. Just, we, <laughs> we just, no. we just, lost, we just lost someone who was very influential in the state of New Jersey, Tom Gilmore. Uh, he is certainly one of my environmental heroes. Okay. Um, you know, um, for the way he um, dealt with things and how he, he engaged people. And really set a standard for developing partnerships and and all and and you know um, really represented some of the things I try to do for myself and how I try to you know work with people and 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 work with this with this group. Um, uh, but there are others across the state, um, you know, over the years that I've had the opportunity to work with and be around. Um, you know some of the legends in the in the New Jersey in, in the area con you know, conservation groups. Yeah. Um, whether it's Candace Candy Ashman, um, or you know one of the folks I got to work with who was at the, the uh, Academy of Sciences in in Philadelphia, uh, Ruth Patrick, who was someone who she lived to be 104 years old. Wow. And um, was this you you know relatively diminutive person height wise you know she was she was really you know petite uh fireball uh and and just a passionate passionate person relative to you know water quality and and restoring water things and and being engaged um and to have had the opportunity to know her and work with her on some level you know was just you know a great experience for for me, you know. And yeah. there have been others that I've had the opportunity uh, to work with, you know, and and I, that I might that I would have never even had, you know, the the thought of of ever knowing or meeting, but because of what we do and the types of things that we do with these with these programs or the work programs that we do, you know, the work that we did on the Delaware Marsh projects you know and the people that were part of that um it's just you know been a great opportunity and and i've i look at those people and say wow you know i got to work with that person you know wow. um and they're, they're nationally known or internationally known people and you know they had a major impact on you know the environment um in in new jersey and in the region Wow. So that's awesome. You know. That's awesome. How do you feel 
in retrospect, the industry, the environmental industry has changed over the last 30 years? Do you think it's gotten easier, harder, more complex, more awareness? I think in general, there's there's certainly much more awareness of environmental issues and, um, you know, from from a broader, I think, a broader portion of the population. Um, does it need to continue? Yes, it, it certainly does. But I think, you know, in general, um, it's certainly a bro- you know, broader than... Um, you know, maybe what it was um, thirty or you know so years ago. Um, I, I mean, 30... at the same at the same time, I think you know, there's it's it's certainly changed in a lot of ways. Yeah, you know, when... and and go ahead. Ask I, a question. I, 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 I'm sorry, I didn't want to cut you off. I apologize. No, that's okay. Go ahead. I was going to say, thirty years ago, did you would you have ever have thought that? The, the use of single single use plastics would have been banned in New Jersey. I don't I don't think so. I, it still I, surprises you know, me. Still shocks me that 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 was. Passed. You know, and and I think at the same time, thirty years ago, um, maybe single use plastics weren't as as prevalent oh, that's true. in everything that that they be that they came to be they certainly weren't the big topic or the big issue 30 years ago 30 years ago people were focused more on you know real uh, you know higher level um you know maybe um impacts you know um oil spills you know in and and things like that and and you know um things that people look back on now and say, you know, they were major catastrophes, you know, they, you know, where you had, you know, um, you know, uh, facilities that, 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 you know, you know, had explosions or things like that, where there was, there were impacts. And so people were focused on that, I think on a different level of issue. Gotcha. And as the efforts have gone forward by, you know, the government and, and by, you know, the, the communities and by NGOs and others to to work on some of those other things, new issues and, and a greater awareness of impacts of other things have come about. Yeah. They've come to the forefront. So now people look at plastics and we're starting not just to look at the the you know the the trash and the plastics in the ocean from 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 that level but we're looking at it from a standpoint of you know microplastics mm-hmm. and you know we, things that you can't see yeah. that are out there in the environment um you know and it's the same thing with with you know how you look at, at chemicals and things like that you know what you're looking at is a it's gone from it's gone from you know, maybe like a, um you know whatever you would say gross level you know where you where it was really obvious to you know things that you're looking at that you're now you know measuring at a much smaller level um even things that we worked on before like lead 
Mm. Where, yeah. You know, you, you were looking at lead in, in paint chips. Now we're looking at lead that's, you know, dissolved in water. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. and is, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a whole different order of magnitude. You know, lower, like like everything else. A lot of these times, these things are introduced into our environment. We don't know what the 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 repercussions are going to mm-hmm. be. Like you mentioned, lead or asbestos or or uh, so many other things. Tom and I were actually just talking. You know, thinking back with our podcast with with Doug Tallamy, I kept thinking about the whole inchworm thing. How you were mm-hmm. saying, like as kids there were a lot of inchworms and I, I totally relate to that. As a kid there were a ton of inchworms and I kept thinking like why, why, why? I'm like, well, we did have the the DDT truck that would come through our development <laughs> with the cloud of cloud of smoke that you would ride your bike behind. You know, that that was one thing that we introduced without realizing everything that it would affect. You know, and then I started thinking about what hosted the the inchworms and it was Canadian use, which are native in the northeast and uh texas canadensis and in the upper midwest and you know they were all over when i was a kid and now you don't see them because once the deer population you know when i was a kid the deer population was in check now that the deer population is not in check they eat ewes nurserymen don't want to grow ewes because (laughs) the deer eat them and it's it's something that's missing from our environment now a lot of states are endangered or uh threatened so it's just those are all things that we introduced and you just don't know that those are the consequences at the time. I think we've gotten smarter before we introduce something, but like, I don't think we're spraying DDT and smoke clouds (laughs) 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 anymore, but you're right. It's on a much, it's on a much smaller, smaller, uh, level that we're looking at things now, uh, and under more scrutiny, which is a good thing. So, so Russ for, um, if you had something to say to respond to Frank, go ahead. No, that's okay. Go uh, ahead. I was going to say, for most of the the um, organizations we talk to, they're dealing directly with volunteers, directly with the public. Obviously, CWRP is a little bit different. What advice would you give to, to someone who uh, doesn't own their own company? Maybe they work for a, a larger company, but I think a lot of people were working for small businesses there are other places in the country how would you ask them to get involved with an organization like cwrp well i think from for you know one obvious way would be to look at the website and you could you could find some of the organizations that are partners you know whether it's you know um you know particularly the ngos you know they're always looking for volunteers and so one way to get involved is to is to go to the to the partner organizations and and work with them and volunteer to help them on some of the projects that they're doing. Um, also, the, you know the, the people, the organizations doing projects that are not necessarily members. So you say like um, the group that's working. You know, you, there's the Musconetic on Watershed Association is doing work on doing dam removals, and we've done a number of those projects with them. Um, and and um, they're not a member directly, but they've been active and engaged and participate in all the meetings mm-hmm. um, because generally, you know, we're looking to do more projects, you know, to work our way up the Musconetcon and keep bringing them shad further upriver yeah, nice. uh, and, and other fish. So that's yeah. one way. You know, you want to work, you identify a project and then go and find the local organization 
that's doing that project. You know, and there's many all across the state, you know, with, with, with you know, that are doing those things um, that, you know, people can get involved in. Um, you know, we, you, some of the projects, you know, things that, that folks do that come about, you know, um, and I don't know that they're going to do it, they're going to be able to do it this year, but, you know, the, the Literal Society has one project um, where they collect Christmas trees mm-hmm. and then use the Christmas trees with volunteers to go out and do a living shoreline, you know, you know a shoreline, a marsh restoration type project where they're using the, they, they, they build a little, you know, crate, you know, cradle area where they then put the trees and the trees are used to slow down the waves and mm-hmm. allow the sediment to come through and then settle down mm-hmm. and sort of, you know, help re- rebuild the marsh area. Um, and so, you know, there's projects like that where people could get involved, either helping to collect the Christmas trees or to go out in waders and, you know, help put them out when the springtime comes, um, you know, or there's other projects like that. A lot of the projects, you know, in the groups look for volunteers to help implement them. Um, it keeps the cost down. Mm-hmm. It gets people engaged in, and, and, and educated as to why the projects are important. You know, so if you go out on the Delaware Bay and you help put in, you know, oyster castles uh, with the you know, with the Nature Conservancy or work with, uh, you know, um, horseshoe crabs with, uh, you know, the Wetlands in, uh, Institute or or you know some of the other groups that are down there when the when the horseshoe crabs are coming in, you know, to, mm-hmm. to help you know be a beach store. Those are all things that tie back in some way to the projects that we've done or, or, or continue to do and the organizations that are part of this. And, you know, part of what we try to do is promote all of those organizations at the same time. Mm-hmm. We're trying to promote people and, and get their word out um, to, to the organizations and that's what happens you know you get companies that go out and they they grab a bunch of volunteers and they go and work with on a particular project um and that's that's in their area um you know we do the same thing we support projects and we have volunteers that go um and help do things uh and you know it's it's a it's it's a you know great way to to you know, bring your employees and get and get, get them engaged in doing things in the community. And what so what is the CWRP website? It's New Jersey CWRP dot org. Awesome. Very simple. Please go like <laughs> do any of those things that that Russ just said, or if or if your company wants to become a member as well as well, look at the the, the guidelines and 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 it's, become a. They're there up on the website, and there's a contact there. Um, you know where they can you know. Reach out to uh, to myself, or you know, uh, you know, we but we do follow. There's a link there that people can do, and we we keep a uh, you know track of that. And then when something comes in, we respond and we we uh, reach out to folks. Sometimes it's it's an idea for a project. Awesome. People ask you know people ask you how do we apply? We send them the form to fill out, and you know here's the form here here's how it goes. Um, we don't have 
cycles. So stuff comes in anytime. All right. Um, you know, and then you know, we, 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 we send it to the project review folks and they kind of look at it and they ask questions. Um, sometimes, uh, you know, and, and look and say, you know, where is this project, you know, right now in design or, you know, things like that. Um, but, uh, you know, there's a, uh, and it's a wide range of, of different things, you know, all across, as you can see from that map. And there's also a story map version of stuff that's up on the, the website that it's an interactive map that's uh that it's not just a hard copy that um you know is 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 maintained and kept current awesome awesome within right. reason <laughs> <laughs> all right it, it is now the moment of truth it's the final question the final question the final question what is your favorite I'm, native uh, plant i'm prepared all right let's hear it so I, 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 I i will say that i won't necessarily call this favorite Okay. But it's certainly the most unusual plant that I have on my property. All right. Let's hear it's it. It's called it's it's a hearts of bursting shrub. Okay. Um, I don't know the scientific name for it. Um, but it is a it's a it's it's one that has is not very prevalent right now in the state of New Jersey. Okay. Um, it's very unique. Uh, you know the the, the the seed packet is it actually bursts out and um, it has the the seeds are red seeds that sort of hang out like they look like a heart hanging out underneath the seed pot you know underneath the flower pod oh um, so um, and um, it was one that um, uh, I, someone at the DNR Greenway at one point when they first started growing some native plants okay uh, one of their folks uh, Jared had gone out uh, and, and he was walking through an area and he saw this plant and he took some of the seeds and he tried to propagate it and he got some of them to grow and when I was there to buy other plants he sort of you know handed me three of these things and said I don't know if these things are gonna you know how they're gonna go so try them out for me and I have them growing in my backyard in the shade um, uh, they're now about, I guess, a couple of them are about seven feet tall. Wow. They're not very, they, they don't get very thick, uh, but they, they do, they're doing well. They're there and they're spreading. Awesome. Which, so I wasn't familiar with I'm, that plant. I'm not I had, familiar with it I had to it look either. it up. And um, <laughs> no, it's actually, it's actually really cool. It's uh, also known as American strawberry bush and, uh, or, or regular strawberry bush or brook euonymus. Hearts of Burston, oh, Burston Heart, okay. right. or Wahoo. Yeah. Green name. <laughs> and uh, the, the scientific name is Euonymus uh, Americanus. Yes. I, I wasn't aware so, of it by yeah. that. I know that plant. Yeah, and I it just... looks really cool. <laughs> you know, and we talk about, you know, we, burning bush, which is an invasive Euonymus. Uh, you know, here you have uh, native Euonymus uh, right here in New Jersey. So mm -hmm. just make good choices. There you go. Yeah. That's a great uh, – and, and another great organization, DNR Greenway, that yeah. you mentioned too. Oh, yeah. That's another fantastic organization. Um, we have we have quite a few in New Jersey that are and and for the most part they 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 partner, they work together, um, really try to maximize their talents and their and their you know their resources. 
um, on things. So you know, DNR is a big focus in the Sourlands, mm-hmm. you know, area there in in Mercer, Mercer County, uh, being their their sort of home base. Um, so they're, they're very active there. Um, but other organizations are there as well. You know, New Jersey Conservation Foundation does you know, has a, has a bunch of properties there, and they're they're engaged with them. Um, oh, friends of Hopewell so, Valley you know, are right there. That's Hopewell a lot of Valley, yeah. right? Right. So you know, they're and you know, and that's the thing. And you know, and they, they interact a lot with you know with some of the other groups. You know, the Watershed Institute. Um, yeah. That's very you know in, in headquartered in the same area, but they on the other hand do a lot of work to support watershed groups across the state by helping with training and 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 that type of thing. Um, so there's there's a lot of I, I mean, for the most part I think you know um, really on particularly with the conservation organizations they work together they really try to focus on on um, you know what's what's good for the state what's good for you know the the, the larger whole and you know bringing those things and protecting the 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 ecosystems and the and this and the sensitive places um around the state oh they're the frontline warriors there's quite a few of those yeah yeah they're the frontline warriors so um so this is this is the the time of the podcast where we kind of give everyone a final thought so we open up the floor to you you can use the time to summarize uh to mention something maybe we didn't cover anything you want to say the floor is yours uh wish away Oh, you know, and I think for me, you know, the, the, the big part of what the New Jersey CWRP is, the word, the key word in it is partnership. And I think, you know, that is the, the thought that I would ask people to, to walk away with is that you get more out of partnership, out of working together, out of maximizing all that you have, whether it's you know, as a federal agency and being able to bring, you know, your, your programs on a national level to the state of New Jersey, you know, whether you're U.S. Fish and Wildlife or EPA or, or, or NRCS, um, you know, each group, each, each, each partner in our organization has talent, has resources that they can bring to the table and I think we all benefit best by having that brought together and working together to achieve things because we've seen much more success with that process than you know a process where somebody says oh mom I'm gonna do this you know and and doesn't and, and, and doesn't yeah. want to have that 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 help because everybody needs help I I agree. I agree 100%. Tom, do you want to go or do you want me to go? I'm going to let you go first. All right. Well, I I think just to follow up kind of with what Russ is saying too, it's everyone does need help. And and just remember, um, just, you know, because we talk always about making our circle bigger and getting more people involved. Just even though you have more people aware and more people involved, that still doesn't make the projects just happen. It takes a lot of moving parts to get these things to – to happen and it comes to elected officials it comes 
it, you know, it depends on a lot of things. So just getting involved and being a part of the process will give you a much larger appreciation as well of what it takes to, to make some of these things happen. But uh, just remember all the, the moving components and uh, be passionate and be a part of it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a, a good point. We, what we said with the whole podcast is so many of these groups are working towards the same – they're working towards different goals but using the same process. Yeah. So if they can work together, you have double the expertise, double the money. Like you're you're doubling up on all of those things. Yeah. And you're going to get both, uh, both of your outcomes or whatever outcomes the whole group wants, you're going to get out of it. Um, but my actual final thought is uh, is actually Russ sent me some pictures last night. All right, um, of his yard versus all his neighbors' yards. Oh, and it reminds me a lot of the pictures of the development that Benjamin Vogel. <laughs> <laughs> and Russ, that's right. fantastic. The picture of your yard, because um, I guess I'll paint the whole picture. If you're most everyone who's listening probably has driven through like a, a suburban development at some yeah. point, and you have all the houses there. Uh, there's a little patch of yard for each one. Um, so Russ, your street kind of looks the same and you have all these, uh, big green mowed yards, uh, almost no trees outside of the, looks like the wood line in the, the backyards of these, these homes. Um, there's a couple people who have trees in the front yards, but none of them really seem that very big. A couple bushes. There's not much landscaping outside <laughs> some bushes. And then you go to the picture of Russ's front yard, and it's just shrubs and trees and all kinds of stuff. It's really, really cool, especially when you see his neighbor with – I I don't even – there's like one shrub in front of his house, and that's it. Wow. <laughs> so wow. that's really, really cool. So and I was glad you sent me that. That, and, and, well, and, and I will I will, I will add that, that uh, you know, um, quite a bit of that what's growing there, particularly the trees and the shrubs. Um, you know, there's there's redbud trees, there's uh, there's pepper bush. It's a big redbud. Now that I'm, look, I'm winter, looking at the picture There's now. a that's winterberry a bush that's there. Every single one of those started out as a six-inch seedling <laughs> from Highlands Nursery in a coffee mug. Oh, there Every you single go. one. <laughs> that's I'm using my coffee mug right now. That's a, a, a desire. So, and the... Uh, and, and, and a couple of them are, are seedlings that came off of the originals that I moved, mm-hmm. particularly the pepper bush, which seems to love to spread in my ground, which is clay mostly. So you know, the roots kind of spread over and another piece pops off and I cut it off and I move it. Awesome. <laughs> and so, you know, it's uh, uh, you know, the certain things have done well. Awesome. Know, and, uh, we, I was telling a friend the other day, the one thing that I haven't been successful with is witch hazel. So mm, that's a little more like, difficult. It doesn't yeah. really like the clay, so you know. So well, okay, we weren't good with that one, but the you know the other things have have done well. So you know we stick with what what grows. You know. Awesome. And for our listeners that are members of the Native Plants Healthy Planet Facebook group, Russ is a member. So if you have questions for Russ, you can shoot mm-hmm. them to him in there without a doubt. And I'll throw a plug towards towards another nursery too. So Hearts of Burst, and if I remember correctly, Wild Ridge Plants. Uh, was saying that they grow that plant. And I don't know if that's the same Jarrett that was at DNR Greenway or I not. Know. I don't know. But uh, Jarrett at, at Wild Ridge, they have 
a hearts of burst in there. Uh, cool. So if, cool. if you're a homeowner and you're looking for that plant, and you're like, well, I'll never find this locally. Yeah, you, you, you can find I it. I might have to call them up because that it, just the pictures I saw looked pretty neat with yeah. how the seed pods open up. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I I, I don't I didn't remember it by that name, but once once you said the botanical, I remembered mm-hmm. seeing him post that on Facebook. So <laughs> uh, check that out there. Yeah. So cool. with that, we're we're all wrapped up for today. Uh, thank you guys again for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to Russ Fenari from CWRP and PSENG. Uh, for more information about CWRP, make sure you visit their website, which is www.njcwrp.org, not .com, .org. Yes. Um, yeah, we really appreciate everyone taking the time to listen. And, uh, and again, this is Native Plants Healthy Planet presented by Pines Nursery. I would love to give a big uh, thank you and shout out to Stephen Marr for contributing uh, the music to our podcast. Uh, what's that? Funky, funky, funky road. road. Funky Road, yes. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Pineland Nursery. That's no S, Pineland Nursery. Facebook at Pinelands Nursery NJ. Instagram at Pinelands Nursery and YouTube at Pinelands Nursery. We have uh, the question and answer line. Don't forget about that. You can call us at area code 215-346-6189. I'll repeat that, 215-346-6189. Ask a question or leave a comment. If we pick your question or comment, we'll play it on a future episode of The Buzz. Yeah. Uh, and like I mentioned before, don't forget Russ is a member of the Native Plants Healthy Planet Facebook group, and we can keep the conversation going over there. Yeah. You can listen to Native Plants Healthy Planet directly at www.nativeplantshealthyplanet.com, but who's really going to do that? You're going to go and listen on Apple Podcasts or Podbean, yep. Spotify, Stitcher. We uh, said we're on Audible. Oh. We're on or, Audible now and Pandora and Overcast. We're getting a ton yeah. of listens on. So it's been cool Overcast. seeing all these other other networks that are picking us up. Yeah. Um, you can even ask Alexa to play the Native Plants Healthy Planet podcast. That's what I do when I'm washing the dishes. <laughs> um, and now that we're coming up on the holiday season, we're going to ask you guys to do us a favor. Uh, Christmas is coming up. Fran, did you have anything on your list you want the listeners to co- go and get us? Uh, oh, I, you can never have enough five star reviews. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would, I, and what I want is really we want to help spread this message. Yeah. So in addition to the five star review, if you could just tell a friend to listen to an episode, pick your favorite episode, and say hey, or, or an episode you think they might be interested in, say hey, why don't you t- give this a listen? Uh, we want to spread this message, and um, like that's what Doug Tallamy was saying. We need yeah. to get Make, more people to listen, get more people involved. So yeah, even just one episode or two episodes, it would be huge. We we would appreciate yeah. that. I know that, and and you know, a big welcome to all the new listeners. I mean, this has been going crazy for us, uh, which is wonderful. So I'd love to keep that going. But yeah, so you don't have to look at my my Amazon registry that I have up for <laughs> what I want for Christmas. Just tell a friend <laughs> to listen. And that'll make me happy. <laughs> no need to spend all this money. It's it's gonna be okay. Yeah, it, it doesn't have to. Yeah, it, it's not the 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 money presence. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it it can just be a listener or a review. So, with that, I want to thank everyone again. I'm Tom, and I am Fran. Thanks again, everyone. Russ, thank you again for taking time out of your day. We really appreciate you uh, spending time with us. Uh, and we'll see everyone again next time. Until then, everyone. Keep yeah, we it. have a very special oh, buzz oh, coming we, up. Actually, no, they'll hear it after. They'll hear it before. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we so already you're recorded gonna, it. Yeah, you're going to hear the buzz, <laughs> and you're going to have a very – We'll yeah, have another we have some, special – We're going to always have We'll have another special buzz on. for you. There's, we're trying to do one every other one. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll see everyone again yes. next time. Until then, keep it native. Yeah.
Thank you for listening to the Native Plants Healthy Planted Podcast presented by Pinelands Nursery. Remember to like, share, follow and comment.